I just bought. You, a like you don't know what the movie is. You just bought a ticket. I just want to Go. smell Do the it. popcorn yep. and yep. get in there. Wait, are they doing concessions? Is that safe? Yeah, so they're doing concessions. They're, I don't know how they're going to enable it, but they were talking about how you'll still be able to have concessions, but when you're not eating, you have to have your mask on. I don't know how they're going to... In gonna, the movie? Yeah, in the how movie. How do they enforce that? But, yeah. Exactly. But everybody has to have a mask on in the movie. And you can see when you book, it's 40% or less capacity. Mm. So you can see when you book that some seats are blocked per party. And you are not even six feet apart. It's just like one seat in between. Okay. So we'll see how, we'll see how it goes. All right. <laughs> Wait, when are you going, B? Uh, Wednesday night, 8.15, the IMAX. My seat is... Wait, are we recording? Yeah, we're yeah, recording. Put that seat you want to tell anybody? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get the stop. Well, it'll be, it'll be gone. It could work yeah. in your favor. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah the movie, the be, movie it, will be over by the time we shoot M13. it. M13. You can come through and see it, you know? M13. All right, so episode two, somebody just had a birthday. Hey. hey. So hey. I figured we could start with uh, <laughs> local favorites. Yo, fellas, y'all ready to do this? What's up, guys? I knew this was gonna get Brett dancing. I knew he was gonna be ready. Oh, hey, hey! I just, I just, I just, hey, oh, I just needed to know: Did you have the V-neck sweater vest? Yes, I did. But now, Philly slamming, boys. Now, oh, he's ready. Sorry, sorry. Now, the last time that I celebrated Brett's birthday with him, he had his entire chest out. I saw that. It was a seventies birthday party. Taco me. He had it out. So wasn't the shirt shiny too? Oh yeah, it was a shiny like a aluminum. It's a reflection. Yeah, it's a reflection of what you thought. Shiny. Hey, listen. So. With platforms, with platforms. And I was at a venue. There was no fog machine, but Brad had smoke following <laughs> Come on, Teddy P. Don't hurt him, Teddy P. Also from Philly. I didn't know that. Wow. Okay, yes, sir. So it's, we're celebrating all Philly episode today in honor of hey, birthday boy Brett. This joint gonna be crazy. Fly Eagles fly. Looking back, over my years, like this is shit is tea. Myself time and time again. It's time I'm gonna win. But another fight, things ain't right. See, I'm losing again. Oh. Takes a fool to lose twice. all over again. Listen, man. It takes a we gonna have baby number two after again. this. <laughs> Me and my wife. Baby takes number two after you lay there. Still going down. Still Philly. Still repping. Mm. Episode two. Oh, oh. Instrumental though, because it's a family podcast. Not look at me now. Right, it is a family <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the funny thing is, a lot of these songs I have been introduced to at the gym. Right. Clean. Right, you know, you know. Shout out to everybody listening. That's on track and has every lyric in their head at this moment. Don't blame that on me. <laughs> right. All right, Mike. Check one, two, one, two. Welcome to episode two of the P thirty two podcast. I am your host Kenneth Marshall here with a couple of brothers that I love, uh, admire, and respect. Uh, gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Fantastic. Brandon getting ready to go good, to the movies. Good, man. Weekend. Good. Yes. Now You're wait a minute. We didn't ask Brandon. Is it, did you buy one ticket or did you buy two tickets? Ah, good question. Ah, good question. Yeah, right. <laughs> is this, good question. Is this a solo social distance? <laughs> it's not a solo. Movie? It's not a solo trip, but it's not a trip like that. I'm taking a bro trip. I'm taking. Okay. Uh, okay. Getting a few of the homies out outside of the house, for, away from the kids. Okay. And uh, the fam for a night. Okay. Uh, 
but hopefully, God willing, that two ticket will be coming soon. That AMC A list entourage come through. Hey, all right. It's about to be real awkward because yeah, kind of put you on blast. It's all right. Oh, I don't care. It's about to be real awkward. Hey, listen, you know me. We're here to talk. Nothing's off listen, limits. The DMs have already started. So, right, right. <laughs> birthday boy Brett, how you doing? Brett, amazing. My wife took me to Santa Barbara. Hey, he was in that zone. It was. It was. We was in that. We was in that joint straight up, <laughs> like, hey, hey. Um, we were up there. She she took us. Uh, she had a lot planned. One of the basic things that we did go see, we did go see a mission. Okay. Um, that was part of it. Uh, but we did a lot of other birthday stuff. It was the seventh mission that we've been to. Okay. We yeah. are on a plan to hit all twenty one. We were house. You know, women love to look at some houses in Santa Barbara, so we did okay. that too. Little Spanish villas. Uh, we hit the. We hit the little Spanish villas, plenty of eating, good stuff, and okay. hey, 42. All right. 42. Dude, that's, some, that's some one thing I do like about Santa Barbara. It, it's it's so close, but it feels like you're far away enough because it definitely has a culture of its own. So mm-hmm. I, it's a nice getaway. Yeah, no, it's nice. That's one thing about Cali that I love is, is that a lot of these places, like, I mean, if you can't go nowhere, really, because yeah, you can't leave, true. like, you can at least go to some of these places, and it's like, oh, I, I went to a different location, right. like the beach. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't grow up like that, so, you know what I'm saying? It was, it all looked the same. This is just <laughs> palm trees. I'm just like, oh, we on vacation, so. Anjali tells me I was spoiled nice. growing up, so she grew up in Arkansas, which is a beautiful state, but obviously wasn't here. I shared a story one time of how uh, friends and I went snowboarding and surfing in the same day i can get to any food that i want i can get to almost any climate i can get to the beach i can get to the mountains all within an hour and a half drive depending on how you roll yeah i love it there's no other place i'd rather live at least in this country than all all the people that gave it up for texas i'm like are you gonna snowboard and surf (laughs) in the same day no you're not gonna do that okay got it that's so true Got it. You know, Tejas. I'm, that's the I'm hot cool spot in now. Texas. I like visiting Texas. There's good food in Texas. I'm not trying to live in Texas. That's just, Jesus didn't call me there. That. A little barbecue or Tex-Mex action? I hate Tex-Mex. As, as someone who is black Mexican and Chinese, <laughs> yeah. Tex-Mex to me means you just added corn and black beans. That's what yeah, that is. Yeah, dude. It's like yeah. if you go to any I'm, other I'm, state, yeah, if you go to any other state, they say, oh, the California something. It just means they added avocado. It just It's never what yeah, people in that place true. actually eat. Exactly. And I, I didn't know like saying san diego was just adding like fries to like a burrito or something mm-hmm. Dude, oh, out yeah. here apparently yeah. the california burrito the california burrito and in yeah. san diego we don't put rice and beans in burrito those are sides those don't belong in a burrito that's filler <laughs> i agree with that yeah so all right gentlemen we got a couple things on the docket where would you guys like to start brett it's your birthday you pick where we go first oh why don't we let's pull that prices right rule right <laughs> Listen, since since we grew up with him, why don't we start out with my man Kirk Franklin? All right, let's go. Oh, let's, God. let's go there. Let's go <laughs> there. Brother Kirk. All right. You know. Um, all right, all right, all right. So uh, Kirk Franklin, audio or video was released of a conversation he was having with his son. It looked like it was actually from 2018, but his son recorded it and just recently released it. And clearly they were not um, on the best of terms in the call. Kirk used some language that we won't repeat here, called his, his son a couple different expletives and told him he'd break his neck and, and put his foot up somewhere. And just it was it's, it sounded like Man. two grown men having a conversation that if they were in the same place at the same time, it would have been a problem. And he what I do have 100%, 100%. what we can play is the apology. Many of you know, I have an older son named Carrie on Franklin in May. He'll be 33. For many years, we have had a toxic relationship with him as a family. We've tried for many years through counseling, through therapy, to try to rectify this private family matter. Recently, my son and I had an argument that he chose to record. I felt extremely disrespected in that conversation and I lost my temper. And I said words that are not appropriate. And I'm sincerely sorry to all of you. I sincerely apologize. I want you to know as a father that during that conversation, I called the family therapist and got that therapist on the phone to try to help. He never played that part of the recording. I'm not perfect. I'm human and I'm gonna make mistakes and I'm trying to get it right. Please keep me and my family in your prayers. So that's the apology. Um, There it is. Yeah, obviously it's gone viral now, even though the call's three years old and 
people are on different sides of it. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it. Um, Brett and I are the only fathers on the show, but all of us are sons and all of us have fathers. Grom Muirhead. Yeah, I, I oh, was waiting for someone to say something because I have no context at all. I don't know who Kirk Franklin is. Um, so, Wait, are you serious? He's from South Africa. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, I heard that he did a Tiny Desk concert. Was this before or after the concert? <laughs> this was after. Wait, do you seriously not know who Kirk Franklin is? I have no idea. He, no. Okay. Listen. Kirk, okay. Listen. Kirk, listen let's okay. educate. Let's Kirk educate. Kirk Franklin him. is come on. Respectfully, he is the puff daddy of gospel music. Huge gospel touring, um, but he does a lot of ad libbing in the back more than singing. He's won a couple of different Everybody awards. Everybody say stop. He's, he's been around since the nineties. Yeah. He started it's out. Old with school. The big hit was the reason why we sing. I even know that Lecrae said he got a lot of his inspiration from. A Kirk Franklin. Kirk Franklin would be like one of the forefathers of like gospel music, go- gospel, gospel, rap. gospel yeah, R&B. Like, not a gospel. Okay. Yeah, like gospel a, pop, gospel black pop. It's like Ty Tribbett and all Jack of them. Swing. He was oh, Ty Tribbett before Ty Tribbett and you all those guys. Yes, that's a good one. So that's who Kirk Franklin sure. is. So I'm guessing the shock value here is that he is a gospel singer who is really famous and then said some things that offended people. Yeah. Okay. Right. And yeah. that's the problem with the day and age that we live in. Things go viral, things are digital, things are instantly accessible, and it blows up and probably find in about three weeks, no one's going to remember the recording. We would have moved right. on to the next outrage. So the new news cycle. Sad. Yeah, it's sad and unfortunate. And I feel like just the way he described in the apology, the tenuous relationship over years with that particular member of their family you know hearing that explanation in an apology doesn't necessarily forgive the behavior or excuse the behavior but it gives a lot of context to something that people deemed newsworthy and probably went crazy in the comments about yeah i think if it was anybody else it wouldn't have been as newsworthy but the issue is i think if you follow christ if you have any type of public witness as a gospel artist, as a pastor, or just people know you're a Christian, then it, they expect you to not have human moments. I can see both sides of this. One, the son's 33. This is a grown man. I don't know, previous to this call, what their relationship has been, what the levels of disrespect have been. And then as a father, I'm thinking, what could ever take me to a place that I would talk to my son this way, to Maverick this way? Outside of Maverick putting his hands on his mom, I don't know anything my son could do to make me have this energy for my son. I also yeah, it was visceral. Yeah, I also feel a different way about a grown man who's 33 secretly recording a, a speakerphone conversation. That's a whole nother situation. But it's clearly toxic. It's clearly unhealthy. It's it's not anything that I didn't hear. Growing up, not saying that that was healthy, not saying that I haven't, you know, had to work through some of those things and not saying I'm going to parent the same way that I was raised. But yeah, he had a he had a human moment again, like Grant said, I think it's news because of who he is and we expect him not to have certain moments. But I also, again, as a father, I can't imagine anything outside of Maverick trying to physically hurt my wife or his sister that would cause me to have this type of energy. For him as my son but again i don't know what the level of disrespect has been and clearly the dude's on his best behavior because he's recording it so anytime you're secretly recording something mm-hmm. kirk franklin was baited and fell for the bait but again i don't know what their relationship was like leading up to this that's a great observation man I, first off i just gotta say i'm a huge and uh, was and is a huge kirk franklin fan so you know if he ever watches this shout out to kirk franklin <laughs> um but i think you said a lot of good points kenneth and, and really even for me um, and, and Grant as well. I, I think more than anything, now when we get this type of the culture that we're in where everything is played and recorded and like you got to watch what you're saying because you never know who's listening and this kind of stuff. I think that this really just provides a lesson for us more than anything, because I do think like who knows the context of their relationship or even the context that yeah. this really came about. Exactly. But we do know that, you know, Kirk Franklin said a lot of stuff that he shouldn't have said. And I think anything that we will we talk about as believers, as followers of Christ, what you do in the dark 
it shouldn't be different than what you do in the light. So, you know, what, what you're saying in the dark, and I think really what I have here is words. As a father, words will shape and guide your son, no matter what age they are. So you always have to be careful with what your words are. You know, the power of life and death truly is in the tongue. You know, out of the mouth are flow the issues of the heart. Like we have all those biblical things that happen. But as someone who's gone through years of therapy and who has had strenuous relationships in the yeah. past, I also know if you haven't had the opportunity to really kind of have a voice to that or work through that, man, you'll blow up like a powder keg. And I think that's what happened here. Yeah. You, he blew up like a powder keg with a relationship that has caused him so much strife and so much anxiety. And it just happened to be that, you know, whatever the context was, his son, his, his son recorded it. Yeah. And, you know, that that's, and he definitely knows I mean, how to push his buttons. His son definitely exactly. knows how to push his buttons. And it was also not the first time knows, Kurt Franklin used those words because he stuck the landing like it wasn't. They were like, he just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you, yeah. yeah. Like they've been going in before yeah. and for a while. Yeah, they were used correctly. So, and <laughs> right. more than very aptly, yeah. very, very aptly. So I, I think that that's kind of like, I, I also try to really look at the severity. I mean, because there's, there's believers, there's followers of people who like what they do in the dark is even, will have even greater ramifications. I, I, th I think of a security guard who has uh, their spouse got killed by them. So they hadn't been in a community where they had been able to express, you know, mm, frustrations yeah. or even walk through things. And, and, and then, you know, the, the, you know, I'm sure they had many conversations where they were going at it, but this particular one, now all of a sudden someone dies. That's where you don't want it to get yeah. to. They have Brandon. Um, I'm at a certain position where I'm like, one, it's not, it's not necessarily like any of my business to, to know any of this. Yep. And, um, two, I think I'm like you too as well. I don't know the full story. Cause even I like you, like you sent it to me and I, I, that was like my first time hearing about it. And I briefly looked and I saw that he had tagged his son. So that led me down a rabbit hole of going to his son's page and him, you know, saying that people don't know the whole story and that. We both agreed to record the conversation and, you know, just uh, everybody's just playing their side. But also I'm hearing like the backlash of, of, you know, certain Christians agreeing with Kurt Franklin and certain Christians not agreeing. And it's become this big argument apparently on Facebook and on radio shows. And I'm like, this is the kind of stuff that we give our energy to. And this is the kind of stuff that's been occupying our time. And I, I, I get like our attention has been a little locked up over the past year. But at what point do we change as a society not to like feed into this stuff, but instead just let this be their private matter and move on? Like who mm. cares? But we are thriving. I'm noticing how we're thriving on, on gossiping. We're thriving on drama and, you know, it's almost like um, like a stage play, and, and we don't really That's really good subconsciously. We don't really see people as human beings. Like, oh, at the end of the day, they have a family. They have to resolve this thing. There's going to be therapy. There's damage there. There's hurt there. But we're just like laughing and and doing all these things. And I fall guilty of that all the time too. Just laugh like, dang, he went off. Like you know all this stuff. But it's just like, man, that's somebody that has to process that. That's a broken relationship. That's a son without a father. A father without a son. That may carry on, hopefully not, to if he has, you know, kids and then that's leading down, um, affecting relationships of, of other people. But not only that, the people that do follow him um, as a public figure, that's going to go into it. And I've had like conversations with family members who basically were like, if I ever hear something like that, I'm like, that kind of emotional toll, I don't need to take that on because that's not my issue. Yeah. But instead, you know, I'm going to pray and pray that that all works out and just let that be between them and stop spreading, you know, any further thing because it's, it's just damaging us, you know, as as a culture. Do you guys think it is a matter of spiritual maturity, whether or not someone we look up to, someone we follow, someone we respect, if they have a moral failure, what do you think is the determining factor on whether or not that affects our faith or our level of faith or our relationship with God. Is there anyone in your life or in your world that could have a moral failure that would affect your relationship with God or your faith in God? Or do you think it's just a, a level um, of getting to spiritual maturity where my relationship with God, no matter what happens, is not going to be impacted by another person 
falling. Yeah, I think I mean I think I'm safe to say at this point in my life, you know, and I don't claim to be like super mature, but at this point in my life, like where I'm at with God because of that closeness with him and how much he has peeled himself to me, it's don't expect anyone, but I know not to look at men and and base my faith off of them. And sometimes it does happen, especially within church culture. You see preachers, you see them uh, you know, beginning of the sermon, they're introducing their families and mm-hmm you know, talking highly of them and they dress well and they smell well and they're wearing fear of gods and they have all the, you know, cool, <laughs> cool sneakers on. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. Preachers and sneakers. But, um, yeah, bro. You come to find out that I'm the founder of that page. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, you see all that stuff and, and that subconsciously gets into your head yeah. of a level of comparison. Um, and I've even dealt with that, you know, probably even constantly deal with that, especially as a single person to mm. look at that stuff and be like, oh, man, their big picture looks fire, but not knowing what their day to day life is like. But I think I'm at the place where I have great people to check me on that, yeah. like great community, like you guys to check me on that. If I do get to that, I'm at a place where I feel like I'm close enough to God that he will lead me into a place where it's only me and him because at the, at the end of the day like this sounds bad but i can care less about ministry i can care less about any other thing but i'm only focused on where god is and how i can follow him and see him there That's and good. everything else is is a wrap it's like i can bring him the things that disappoint me the things that I don't understand and be some at some level of contentment with Brett, that Brett. i was just gonna say mine's really easy i don't think anybody publicly would ever anybody publicly would not change my relationship with God because I don't have a relationship with them. It, gotcha. it would just, it would literally just be news. And I'm not saying we don't hold them accountable or, and I'm not even saying that we don't, we don't learn from it, but I would be much more. And, and if any had, if anything had an impact on my relationship with God, it'd be like, it'd be like if one of my brothers here, something happened because I'm intimately linked with you guys. Yeah. I, you have a voice in my life. I have a voice in yours. So literally, we should be iron sharpening iron. So if something happens to one of you guys, then it's like, dang. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, what could I, you know, I'm going to take that to the Lord. Like, is there something I should have did differently? Yeah. Or what, you know, how, how could I have helped? Did or whatever? I miss but something? Publicly, yeah. Publicly, I don't have any relationship. I think that's the that's the key is what you were saying, Brett, about the relationship. I think a lot of times in our culture, when there is a moral failure or something like this incident that we were just talking about, the reaction from people will probably be an indicator of the level of idolatry and idol worship that there is in their life of these specific people. You know, if someone has their faith Mm -hmm. shaken because a pastor that they follow on Instagram and watch on YouTube had a moral failure of some description and now all of a sudden they feel like their relationship with God is shaken and their world has fallen apart. Well, I think they might have been in it for the person and for how the way that that person communicated made them feel. So it kind of goes into like two columns for me. There's that side of it where I don't feel like, you know, anything publicly or any level of failure could shake my faith because it's so real to me but that's also been a journey like i didn't arrive there on day one it wasn't a done deal it's matured and grown over time like any relationship does but that then leads to the second column of relationship like brett was saying if it's someone who there's a close relationship with and it's not gossip or celebrity culture or someone i don't know if it if it's close to home it would affect me not to the point where it's like i I can't believe in god anymore because of you know if this can happen to them then this isn't real like it's not that it's more like it will like brett was saying shake me as a person like god like what what can i do how can i help what can i have done differently like help me help them because of the relationship and i was even thinking about when you played that clip how when things are so public you know, there's in my family, there's been some interactions and things where it's like, man, if this was recorded and got out, yeah. like not only would it be embarrassing for people, but at the same time, because of my relationship with people in the family and our relationship amongst one another, it's like I care so deeply for my family that I wouldn't want anything like that to get out because 
I know what it, how it would affect people, you know. That then made me question what that relationship was like if someone was willing to sacrifice that and just put it out there because it's clear that there was no care or concern for that relationship knowing the ramifications of, yeah. you know, something like that becoming public. Yeah, I think it's at the end of the day, it's like you have to remember there's still people and actual families behind the stories and behind the viral clips. Then as a father, it also breaks my heart just because I haven't always had the best relationship with my dad. We didn't speak for five or six years. It never got to this point. But as a father now with a son, it breaks my heart to see any son and father have that type of energy for each other because it's just, you know, that's not God's plan for either of them and their relationship. So that's the part that just sucks seeing that. We'll continue to pray for him and and see what what happens. Or maybe we won't. Brandon, where are we going second? Ooh, uh, (laughs) Equality Act. Okay. So for some quick context, Recently, the Equality Act was introduced, and as a result, a conversation has started about transgender rights in sports. If athletes are able to compete based on how they identify, what does that mean for women's sports, for sports in general? Um, And let me first say, my personal belief is that we live in an American country, not a Christian country. I know a lot of people feel like our country was founded on Christian principles, but the, the truth is our country was founded in large part by slave owners who bought and sold other human beings, uh, among other things. So I think we are a country with Christians in it, but we are not a Christian country. Based on that, I believe anyone who lives in this country, regardless of what they believe, regardless of what they think, has every right to the pursuit of happiness, life, liberty, human rights, like healthcare and and things like that. But I also believe we've made idols out of words like equal. And while men and women are both equal in value, in being deserving of respect, in the image of God we were created in, we are not the same. Equal and the same are two very different things. There are physiological differences between men and women, several thousand of them that we can't just remove or add with surgery. And I think this is just, it's dangerous. Um, I think it's a result of us being convinced that we can all just make up our own truth. And because of it, we're losing sight of what the truth is. And maybe there's a third category we create for transgender athletes. But just as some recent examples, there was an NCAA track and field athlete named C.C. Telfer, who in 2017 competed as a man and qualified in the low 200s in track and field. In 2018, competed as a man again and qualified 320th. In 2019, after coming out as transgender and identifying as a woman, went over to the women's uh, track and field and won. And there's another story of a high school athlete who sued the athletic board in Connecticut because there was a an athlete who identified as female after qualifying eighth as a man, identified as a woman, and then started winning races uh, competing against other women. And that's just track and field. If we get into sports like football, uh, MMA, it's just... We're not the same. And if we start to change laws that negate the reality of a situation, I just think it's it's dangerous. And where does it end? Where does it where does it go? Um, Dave Chappelle, who I know people have different mixed feelings about, but as someone who I feel is extremely good at sparking conversation and getting people to think through his stand up, recently said something in one of his stand up specials that I want to share here, and then I want to get your guys' thoughts. When I watch sports, I be thinking about like like think about okay okay say say LeBron James uh, changed his gender. You know what I mean? Okay, can he stay in the NBA? Or, because he's a woman, does he have to go to the WNBA where he will score 840 points a game? (laughs) What does it actually mean to be equal? Now again, you may not be a fan of his and you may not like his delivery, but I think it's it's a valid question as as a father who has a daughter if we erase what it means to be male or female and she wants to compete in a sport that she's really good at but now she has to go compete against boys who are just built differently men are physically stronger physically faster 
than than women are. Otherwise, uh, amazing athletes like Lisa Leslie or Brittany Griner um, or Skylar Diggins, they would just be in the NBA. But the truth is, I think in our attempt to create space for one group, we are negating opportunities for another. Otherwise, if the physiological differences we have as men and women no longer matter and we can compete in either division based on how we identify, then what's the point of having men's sports versus women's sports, WNBA, NBA, women's tennis, men's tennis, and let's just have one division for all sports, which just doesn't seem okay. And again, I think as we keep moving towards convincing people that we can create our own truth, make up our own truth, and live our own truth, we get further and further away from the truth, and it just leads to more and more chaos and confusion. But uh, that's my personal beliefs. I would love to hear what you guys think on the subject. No, I completely agree with you. I mean, you know, I don't know the complete, um, you know, change that happens in a in a in a transition. Like, but I think there's still something to like genetic makeup and just all that, you know, the testosterone and all the stuff that goes into sports and adrenaline. That it can still be very dangerous for you to cross over to uh, those type of sports. I mean, I, and and you know, I love everyone, but at, at what point do we, you know, use a little bit of common sense in order to like protect people? Because at the end of the day, like it's still dangerous for in, in the in the context of same gender, it's still it's still dangerous. We're altering rules for you know men getting hit by by stronger men, yeah. and we're still you know altering certain things in it. And if that's the case, um, it becomes this. Uh, if that's the case, then you have to open up the possibility of allowing the possibility of allowing high school kids to be able to be like, all right, I'm done with high school football. Let me go into the to the NFL. You have to open it up for everybody. And there's just a certain skill level that is required to compete, compete at the elite level. And I just think it's going to be dangerous if, if that does happen. This is interesting because, first of all, it's only past the House and it would need the votes in the senate for it to become law it's only halfway there so this is we don't even know where this is going to go so that's the first thing the second thing the way it's been framed is that this is an amendment to and an expansion of the civil rights act right from the 1960s wow. so the like the the thrust like the main thrust behind it is to prevent discrimination based on gender identity back um back in the day it was on the basis of sex back when it was Mm -hmm. um, mainly females were being discriminated against in the workplace and for opportunities and stuff. So right. this now goes a step further because now we're in 2021 and people have decided that, that it's not just male and female. So now there's, you know, there's the transition period and all, all these other things going on. So I don't see anything about it necessarily affecting competition in sport. People being able to compete in sport is handled by the governing body of that particular sport. So as this, Equality Act as a law, it affects a citizen's interactions with the federal government. So there can be no discrimination um, on a jury. What are the other things? Uh, like public accommodations, facilities, education, federal funding, employment, housing, credit, and the jury system. So that's what it's mainly affecting. But I think people have added the narrative of sports to this um, sure. because it's not explicitly mentioned in the bill that if you identify as a female then you can compete in female sports so like i said I, I think it's been added to the mix some school boards have started in response have started already started doing that so that's where where that's coming from right some of that yeah. narrative's coming from. yeah exactly um i mean and it's it's a very it's interesting too because there is a south african athlete born and raised as a f oh, as yeah. a female yeah. and super athletic one Olympic and you know, world championship medals in the 800 meters yep. and people yep. started to question it's like is she should she be competing with and against women and to the point of they had to she had to undergo and it was just humiliating undergo this very public almost like a, a public trial where it's like pro yeah. like prove like prove it you know and yeah. so I, I see I see that situation where like people are saying, oh, this is unfair. But that is a situation where she her physiological makeup was yeah. that of a woman like she that's how she was born and raised. I, I see that very differently to someone who's like you say, LeBron James, then deciding, OK, I am now identifying as a woman and I'm going to go and play in the WNBA <laughs> at the end of the day. I, it's a societal issue. And I think, Kenneth, like you said, we live in America. This is the American system that we're a part of. We are not a Christian country. We're a country with Christians in it. 
And I think that for me personally, I'm not competing at sport at any kind of level where this would be something that concerns me. Um, and yeah, it's, I don't know what else to say really about that one. Yeah. There's a lot. In this one. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll try to keep it brief and just make a couple of points. I think that um, we're talking about societal issues, but first and foremost, as, as men of God, society is still a result of our beliefs and what we bring to the table. And I don't, I, I do actually, I'm, I'm in a little bit of a disagreement because I do believe that America was a Christian country, is a Christian country, and was founded on Christian beliefs. And I think just like we talked about with the Kirk Franklin thing, I think context is missing because I believe we live in an era of revisionism. And if you study a lot of how we came about and what transpired, you would start to learn that we separated for the Declaration of Independence, we separated from numerous grievances from King George. One of them was slavery. And he put into it, we, we were already trying to emancipate slaves in the 1750s. Some of us, some of the people throughout the North were trying to already work it into the states, specifically Pennsylvania, Vermont, Maine, and a few other ones. That got overturned. And that got overturned because we were still under British rule. So you still had a lot of those other people who were actually, and I actually, as I've been listening to the life and times of Frederick Douglass, and he's gone through this whole process, mm -hmm. he's even talked about the Constitution being a highly biblical document that they had to get complete buy-in so that they had a chance to survive as a country and pull away from slavery and things like that. An abhorrent stain on our country, but I don't think that it takes away from the context that we were still a Christian nation and formed as a Christian nation. I think with the Equality Act, I think that one of the things we always have to pray up and also pray for is discernment because deception is rampant, specifically in politics. Right. And what happens a lot of times is, is it can kind of be the, the give me an inch and I may take a mile. And although there may not be specific things that say it, it's in not just legalese, but it's about the allowances of certain things that give me the flexibility. One of the things that it cancels out in the Equality Act is the Freedom of Religion Act. If you look into the details yeah. of it, so you can't now say certain things and base it off of what we used to say as freedom of religion, the Equality Act actually supersedes right. that. So we 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 gotta look at where we're going past the the context of where we're where we're going biblically, because biblically is what matters. If it's not lining up with God as believers, we have a mandate and a responsibility to stay on what's what's happening biblically and spiritually what God is. We are in this world, but we are not of right. it. So I think that we have to really, I, I, and, and I mean, quite honestly, we're talking about even the pinnacle athletes. Like, I mean, maybe Serena Williams has a shot, but what about all the mid-tier college athletes? If a man comes into those, he, like you said, he's going to, there's no, the genetic difference, even still being transgendered is it's not fair. I've been in many, I grew up playing sports. It's not a, it's not a level playing field. So by you saying that we're going to equal it, you have now changed the playing field. So I don't think that that's actually a, a logical, substantial, or even a scientifically based argument. Yeah. I think the bigger conversation is we've confused what love is. It's possible for me to love someone and not co-sign every decision they make or um, support everything that they believe. Anjali and I don't even agree on every single thing, but that doesn't make me question whether or not we care for each other or just, just even between the four of us. I'm sure there's things that the four of us don't agree on, like the, the founding of the country, but it's different. The more we get into the live your truth culture of things, it's live your truth truth as long as your truth supports mine. So it's it's interesting to see. And there's agendas on every side, which is a perfect segue yeah. into the election that we just went through. Uh, <laughs> as believers... And can I add, can I add to that yeah. too, Kenneth? I even think that what you're now talking about is moral relativism. Yeah. That's the whole concept behind yeah. it. It's my, I'm living my truth. Right. There is not an absolute truth. Right. We we don't do we don't use the Bible anymore. We have what's true to me, and I live it. That's relativism. Right. And we're rewriting what that is. And it's uh, with the last election cycle. I know a lot of people believe that the church 
was under attack, our country was under attack. What I believe is that the truth was under attack from both sides. I think anyone who describes themselves as solely conservative or solely liberal, I don't think any of us is 100% left or right, 100% red or blue. Jesus wasn't. I feel like Jesus was so conservative that the world rejected him and so liberal that the religious leaders had him crucified. So I don't think he fits into one of those boxes. So I believe true. the truth has been under attack by both the left and the right. One side is trying to erase the truth. The other side is distorting the truth. And I think because God is love, God is truth, I believe the enemy has used both the left and the right to get non-denominational Christians to pick political denominations and <laughs> we cannot come to an agreement. No, literally. Um, what do you guys think is the responsibility of us as Christ followers? And what do you think is the answer to the division that has come as a result of this last election cycle that we just went through? The election of 2020 happened in the middle of collective trauma so yeah, um, good. the entire country was going through we were what nine months into a pandemic where everything was turned upside down like life as yep. we knew it was just not the same yep. again um so i think it elections are generally tense times anyway um it's it's gotten worse there's no question about that the divide has widened um yeah. it was intense just seeing the the back and forth and it's just unfortunate that when the pendulum swings so far to one side and then swings back to the other side you kind of you you lose that part in the middle where people can find common ground and where you can meet in the middle and where you can have a conversation and i think as our society has evolved with digital media internet social media i think a lot of what we witnessed during the election cycle was people just screaming into the void um mm. and like yelling at one another and there was just there wasn't really a dialogue and i'm really interested in the american political system i do tend to follow what's going on and you know stay informed and research a lot of things but um i am not yet a voter and i think especially this time around and the time before in 2016 i almost used that as like a shield mm. like well i don't really have to get into this because i'm not voting and no one's going to ask me how i voted yeah. not that that's anyone's business anyway but i kind of used that as a shield because i didn't really have to deal with that but i think in 2020 it actually dawned on me that oh the next time i'm actually going to have to make a choice because at that point I will be voting in the election and I'm going to have to start actually making a decision. It's no longer just a theory. Yeah. Um, Can't just have an opinion no longer, like, oh, well, right. I don't have a say. It's, exactly. It's like, well, I don't have a say, but I know what I think. But now it's like, oh, well, do I really believe that? Because mm. now I have to go and make a mark in a ballot box. So for me, relationally, um, I don't really feel like I gained or lost anything as a result of of the election, knowing what we were walking into collectively, I was very selective about the conversations that I had during that time and who I had them with because I didn't feel like it was my job to convince friends either way yeah. in terms of how they cast their vote. The times that I did speak up was when things were being parroted from either side that were not necessarily facts, uh, not based on the truth. Yeah. A couple like sweeping generalizations. It's one in particular that I heard a number of times was as it relates to Joe Biden, who was the Democrat candidate at the time was well when you like he just has no policies like you know he's the best of the rest you know the best that they could put up there's just no substance no policies when in actual fact you could go on to the campaign website and there was literally a policy position on anything like you could throw out any number of issues yeah. and there was a policy position on that so those were the times that i felt like oh i needed to actually correct the record not because i'm trying to convince you that one candidate is better than the other but hey if we're going to have discussions and someone being very loud about it certain position that's actually uninformed and not fact um that's when i spoke up so it was rough i deleted social media just because it was noise and it was i mean in terms of like mental health and stress like when you're home all day because we're at home all day still and nothing um, to do but look at social media and the news yeah exactly <laughs> so i had to be very very clear about um i didn't even watch television news or cable news i would go on the ap news app and yeah. seek out news that i I wanted to be informed about just as a almost like a defense mechanism so that I didn't go down that rabbit trail because it can be stressful.
stressful. Yeah. And I know it was for a lot of people. So yeah. Yeah, it made me a lot more selective of my news sources. Because like you were saying, people parroting things, you could almost tell where people were getting their information by the things that they would say or repeat, which I mean, people do in faith as well. You, A lot of people repeat what they've heard in a message versus reading for themselves. But it was, it was definitely interesting. My goal was to find information that informed me and challenged me rather than finding news that comforted me and agreed with me. And I think the people that I saw leaning into news that agreed with them or supported what they already believed, the further away they got from the fact of any situation that they were trying to get information on. Brandon, Brett? I think my, you know, like Grant said, there was so much going on this year and I spent the year trying to find my voice in all of this stuff instead of just being like nonchalant or just letting that pass by. And uh, I think my main message like across any of my social media platforms has been to get people to a place of even in the midst of disagreement, you can find love um, somehow, some way. And that doesn't mean that you have to be buddy, buddy with somebody, but to be able to disagree respectfully, like what happened to those days where we can oppose each other other's views but respectfully disagree on something and then try to find some common ground so I think that's like the main thing where God had me take whether people received it or not I took that position because I felt like the Lord was telling me I I definitely got unfollowed by some people got blocked by some people I unfollowed some people that was an active button I'm sure for a lot of people the last six months seven months bro I know you're not even on social media anymore if I want to share something with you I just have to text it to you I'm like gee (laughs) (laughs) if you you got to give me the whole thing you got to share it with me the whole way I'm like gee you got to copy and paste that yeah copy and paste that Um, link if you want me to see something Because I'm not scrolling and I'm not going to come across it. So if some of you want me to see, send a text to me. I mean, you know, biblically, we talk about, we tell people to guard their heart, but it's more often used as a dating verse. Like, yo, don't date somebody who's shady. But the truth is, if we're guarding our heart, we have to guard our ears. We have to guard our eyes. We have to guard the entryways to our thoughts and to our heart and our feelings. So yeah, for some people, there's depression linked to social media and comparison. And you have to know what you're able to take in and you have to know your limits and know what to cut off, setting healthy boundaries. I'm praying more people have learned that over the last year. That's uh, you. You hit that right on. Social media is is not a boundary for me that I'm I'm trying to test. I I don't do well yeah. there. It's not my it's not my platform. <laughs> it's not anything. So I'm like, let me just go ahead and go. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna head out. Bounce. I'm gonna head out, y'all. <laughs> Keep the conversation going among yourself. A wise friend of mine said sometimes he said he said social ma- uh, media is group therapy without the therapist. Ooh. And I said, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I think G hit it on the head, man. I think what we've seen during this time is polarization. You, you, there's no, there's no, there's no middle ground. I think now we actively have to work more to find common ground than we do to find differences. Yes. And and that's just where we're at. We have to actively work to find out where we are and have common ground because we're we're we have more the differences are apparent and they're glaring. And I and I still think that I I would like to believe and maybe this is the optimist in me that we have more common ground than we than we would not care to admit but maybe than we found. That's why I'm even thankful for this for this podcast. I mean, the basis is we're four dudes who love the Lord. We come from a variety of backgrounds and all these and and just everything, but people are coming to hear us because hey, there's some differences that we have, but I bet you we're going to have a lot of commonalities based off of what we're coming in common and in line with. Yeah. So that I mean, that is the ultimate truth. Truth is a person. It's Jesus. So like, that's where we're lining up to. Now, we may have some other things along the way, but we we find the commonality. And and I've had this personally in the most closest relationships that I've had. And, um, you know, it's taught me a lot this past year. I think that it was such a a different year, as everyone always says, a year like no other. There was no precedent in it. And I I think that, that we've all, as a collective here, have pastored and helped people through those times yeah. and we know how much it has hit people and how different and how people need resources and just how it's affected them and I think that the same has transpired for for me and and in that active search that I've had with a few key relationships where we are on different sides I, I don't mind people disagreeing with me I 
I don't, yeah. I, I used to not speak up, but I'm a, I'm a researcher by nature. Cause I was, I'm an artist. So I always, I always had to actively dig for information. So I'm kind of a historian and I like that. So, but like, I still didn't, I wouldn't use my voice because it was kind of like, I don't want to rock the boat, but I think that it's important to at least with the people that you have relationship with, talk to them because we still have more common ground and I'm going to fight for someone, even though we're different in something, because I know you, I, I know Brandon's character. I know Grot's character. I know Kenneth's character. Absolutely, we may disagree, but I'm listen. We're, I'm in it. I'm standing right beside him. Yeah. We standing up here with with the with the with the swords right beside him. And that's where that's what I've learned in just some of the the close relationships that I've had, where some of that has gotten lost. And I'm and everybody's to play and can be part of uh, fault and i'm definitely not perfect but I, i've learned that now i feel um one thing i've learned is what people are willing to sacrifice relationships for because there are relationships that will never be the same i agree i think we know each other's character we know each other's hearts i care for the the three of you but there's so many people who just see a label a title an image and i think that's at the heart of so much political division so much racial division just so much hatred in general it's that labeling and putting in the boxes versus hearing no this is another human being this is another parent this is another son or daughter they have life issues we're all just trying to do the best that we can if we could get to the humanity of things and as ar bernard says the imago dei the image of god is what makes us valuable and that has nothing to do with our gender or the color of our skin but if i can work harder to see god in the person i'm talking to and christ in them i'll deal with them differently regardless of what they believe or think so that's where i'm at with it that actually takes me uh perfectly to the theological question that we'll close with so to give some context one of my favorite verses is uh first kings 22 uh starts in verse 19 uh the prophet micaiah he's sharing a vision and it's the only time that i remember in god's word seeing an image of God's boardroom. So God is sitting there with a host of angels around him and he's meeting with all of them. So you can read it. First Kings 22, 19. And then the other verse is in Exodus where it says God hardens Pharaoh's heart. So those are the two verses for context. The question I have is, was Judas being obedient? So this is a theory that I have, a thought. In order to have the crucifixion, someone of the 12, someone in Christ's inner circle had to betray him. Someone had to play that role. Is it possible, one, so it's a two-part question, is it possible that Judas was actually being obedient and had he not committed suicide when Jesus said, go tell the disciples and Peter that he would have also said, and Judas? Is it possible that if he could have lived with that, that he would have been there to see it? Is it possible he was being obedient? And then the second part is, could you guys be obedient to something the Holy Spirit told you to do if you knew it would mean you were remembered by society as a villain. Who's to say Christ didn't trust Judas more than Peter and saying like, hey, I'm, this is who I'm going to build the, the rock. I'm going to build the church on. But I need someone who is going to be able to betray me. Who's to say God didn't harden Judas's heart? And again, this is all just from reading. I'm wondering. This is a curious question. So I'm asking the three of you this question. So part one, who's to say Judas wasn't being obedient or that his heart wasn't hardened by God? And the second part is, could you be obedient to something God asks you to do if you knew it would mean forever being remembered the way Judas is remembered? I think we make the assumption that Judas, in in your theory, is remembered as the villain. So we're assuming that So the, you pose that question to me personally. Would I be okay with that? Could I live with like myself? Like Grant the Betrayer. Because we, we don't think of Judas in any light. Because the Holy light. Spirit is the one that, yeah, the, the Holy Spirit is the one that led me there um i feel like when you when you read that story and you go through you know the sequence of events that led up to jesus being arrested and then crucified translating these were just normal guys fishermen you know Tax artisans people yeah. that were yeah just doing their thing and like i've heard over the years the phrase like everyone has their price you know, mm -hmm. and who's to say that, you know, growing up or in the years prior, the amount of silver that was ended up being offered to Judas was like, oh, that was his number. So he'd be like, man, if someone offered me that, like, I don't 
care what it is, I'd do that because right. perhaps he was, you know, like again, another theory is motivated by that. So um, obviously God being God knows, knows all and knew how Judas was wired. But the theory that, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, because this uh, my brain works in weird ways. So no, but the, so the <laughs> second part of the question, my default setting, which is you know it's taken years of work and it's still ongoing, is I default to pleasing people. I don't want people not to like me. It's like, man, I really it's good to be liked. So if I knew like it would be a tough one it's like i knew like my legacy would be like something bad and people wouldn't like me like it would be a tough call just being real you know yeah um but i would hope that if a situation like that arose my relationship with god was so deep and so strong and the conviction so clear that there is no other option you know it's like oh wow like this is this is clear and i am convicted about this so regardless of the consequences yeah, it's like, could you truly choose God over mm-hmm. the entire world for eternity? Even, I mean, my thought has right. even been, was him, when he's betrayed with a kiss, was it almost like as a, as a rabbi, as a teacher, a kiss because I love you and I'm doing this because you asked me to, but this this took everything I had and he just couldn't live with that. Mm. Mm. Dude, that's yeah. deep. <laughs> that's, that's deep. And I wonder if we'll deep. ever know the answers to these things. <laughs> Yeah, I have so many questions. Like when I meet Jesus, I mean, it's not gonna, it's not gonna matter. Yeah, I gotta, right? Hopefully, I remember the questions when I meet him. I'm like, yo, I've been waiting because to talk I, to you. I have a feeling that once, if we, you know, reading of how it's gonna go down, where literally it's holy, holy, holy in the presence of God, like. I honestly wouldn't care what motivated the kiss at that point, you know. <laughs> or when when Armageddon actually comes, how many of us are gonna be on IG live? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> We know Brett won't be. Right. <laughs> Yo, if he doesn't come, if Jesus doesn't come back to LA, Brett's not going to know because he won't see it when it goes by. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to need you guys. Then I'll get back on. I'm going to get back on. You guys tell me. You'd be like, Yo, you like, need to yo, get on, Brett. Jesus, he just, yo, all right, I'm Yeshua on. Yeshua is back, bruh. Log in. It's on IG Live right now. <laughs> I'll be like, Yo! <laughs> download it <laughs> all right so that's that's deep dude yeah. i i you you posed that question before it's is deep it i mean i mean the, the ramifications of it just everything you know with that and just you know just going off of pure just imagination and thinking outside like and because like anything is possible i mean there's stuff that we start to look at the bible and it's kind of like when we get to the day uh you know and being with the lord he's gonna be like yeah i didn't mean that yeah. at all like everybody was saying all this and I'm like but that's not how it went down Y'all at all like one. let me now that you're in glory you you guys completely missed that one so it's okay though you love me but you yeah. missed it <laughs> so or, i, I or feel no, like you say that to me a lot I literally meant 70 times seven if they've tripped that much let them go <laughs> yeah right yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I, I feel like he'll say that to me a lot. Like, yeah, man, no, you, you missed that, dude. That's that's okay mm-hmm. though. You love me. Um, I'm, I'm with G on the second part. I, I just, I think of like, I would like to believe. I would like to believe <laughs> that I could do that. Yeah. That I have such an amazing relationship with God that I could do that. But I don't know. Right. That is, that's a rough one. You literally, that you know what this guy did? He destroyed the world as we know it, and like, that's a tough thing for my children's children yeah. too. Like, it just, it just kind of keeps going after that. So, I'd like to think that you know the Lord would strengthen yeah. me enough in our relationship that I could do that. But in my own strength, I know. Or I do if that. he was being obedient to something Christ asked him to do, if he had children, would they have been blessed? for his obedience and then the rest of the world wouldn't have understood yeah, why the generations were blessed but yeah brandon just all these questions for you know mankind over here um <laughs> yeah i don't know man it's it's really tough um and my mind goes like that down a like a rabbit hole when it comes to you know why god does what he does and um you know why certain things happen um i don't know if I mean, it's easier said than done now to say that, yeah, I'll have the confidence just as long as you're with me. Like, but low key, I'm also like, what kind of treasure are we talking about in heaven? Like, what's that reward looking like? You know, like <laughs> my reputation. Can like, yeah. Can I get, can, can, can I get a seven day trial? You talking about milk and honey? Like, is it, Keep it is it 2% or is it whole fat? You know, 
Like, I want to know. <laughs> I want to know, man. Um, but, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult paper, question. Gold, but what's on my feet? For real. Like, how many chains I got on, first of all? Like, let me know. Like, right. what is this? <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, I mean, I, oh, I don't gosh. necessarily know. And presented with the idea, I, I would pray that God gives me enough understanding, you know, playing the safe route, that God would give me enough understanding to be like, okay, this is what I want you to do. This is why. And just give me some clarity. But man, I don't even, I can't even, I'm getting kind of nervous just thinking about it right now, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> I'm like, dang, Brand, man. Brandon with the super safe answer. I know. Comes up firing. Here's the throw to the plate. And he is safe at the plate. We will have a challenge. <laughs> exactly what I'm throwing in that challenge flag. That red flag is coming out. But uh, I mean, yeah, I, I just think that this is one of the mysteries of God when it comes to like Judas. Um, is to like why why did that go down? Like why did you allow that to happen? You know, you could have stopped anything, or you could have you could allow this to go. Why does it have to go that route? Even me reading the Revelation now, I'm just like, why why the monsters and the eyes everywhere? Like why you just can't be like you know abracadabra and we'd be all out of here? Like why you got to do a lot? Or the world singing the world yeah. singing praise songs to the Antichrist. So yeah, there's some stuff man. in there. There there's some heavy stuff in there that I don't understand the process of God, but. You know, I, hopefully, you know, he'll give me some kind of clarity. So I don't know. All that to say is, I don't know. I don't I think I'll be confident. Right. If he don't give you clarity, then he got to get you two Listen, chains. Listen, no, I want five, bro. Didn't, I want five. Two chains. Remember, Brandon. Brandon's still <laughs> waiting to hear back. Chains. Brandon's still waiting to hear back about the vaccine. So this is he's got. He's got questions. Oh <laughs> well, man, he's, he's got, got a list. Like Johnson and Johnson to me, okay. <laughs> yeah, but this, but this. I mean, my <laughs> brain goes <laughs> so <laughs> many different places. I like one other random theory before we wrap up. I believe animals could speak to humans before the fall in the Garden of Eden. Well, yeah. And the reason I believe... Mm. Yeah. Oh, I believe that. I believe that, But too. the reason I believe that is because when a snake started talking to Eve, she didn't see anything wrong with that. Right. Anybody else, that would be a red flag. <laughs> right. Nope. That's that's like, if a snake just started talking to you audibly, Listen, planet of, planet of the Apes right. didn't come from nowhere, right. bro. We was up in there chilling with them, with, with <laughs> right? Caesar up in there, man. He's over there saying, no. Yikes. All right, well, there you go. With that said, we started with a Philly theme to celebrate our brother's birthday <laughs> hey. this past weekend. So let's go hit it. Hey, now hey. this is a story oh. all about how my life got wait, 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 wait. What is that? Wait a minute. Yeah, wait, oh, was, wait a minute. Wait yeah, a I was minute. Say, that, ain't, that wasn't that ain't, that ain't Illy Chili Willy from Philly. I don't know who that was. That was Carlton's. Right? I don't know who that was. I don't. Where'd you get that? Just, clip that was on title. I don't back. know who that is. Let's try that again. Drums, please. Oh. oh Forever a classic. Hey. Uh, oh, here's to hoping brother. that we can actually celebrate summertime with each other. Yes. Fourth of July and actually have a barbecue with people in a place where we don't all look like ninjas. Moderna party at my house. Here it is. It's a cruise <laughs> That Pfizer turn up. It's a bit of a break from the norm. Just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control. It's cool to dance, but what about a groove that soothes and moves romance? Give me a soft, subtle mix. Thank you guys for tuning in, for joining us, episode two. We'll see y'all next time. Holidays. Pop in my CD and let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back, cause it's summertime. Brandon, you weren't outside with this one, so it's understandable if you don't know this. <laughs> oh, this is one of my favorite songs. <laughs> he played it inside. He played it inside. This is summertime in the 80s.